Starting a family is a big decision, even more so while living with MS. Those planning a family might ask, does MS affect my ability to get pregnant? How will having MS affect pregnancy? How do I go on and off my medication safely? And what if I suffer a relapse? This is MS, a podcast about one of the world's most misunderstood diseases. I'm your host, Andrea. I was diagnosed with MS when I was 31 years old. Over the next two episodes, we'll be talking about MS and pregnancy. Today, I want you to meet someone who can tell you what the experience is like and how she cares for a newborn while living with MS. MS didn't really factor into my decision to have a kid. It was something we had to manage on the road to having a kid, but it wasn't really part of my decision. This is Catherine's story. At age 22, Catherine was a high-level athlete. I was diagnosed in 2006. I was pretty lucky, actually. I was on the national bobsled team at the time in Calgary. So I was working out a lot and I had access to some really great doctors right away. So I had an MRI within a couple of days uh, of my presenting symptoms. So, so to have those doctors serving the team and then get me into an MRI instantly was, was really great. Because I know a lot of people struggle with uh, delays in their diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, but I was pretty lucky to have it pretty quick. So I had double vision. Now I'll admit Going into this interview, I had no idea about her past. I didn't realize that she did something so awesome, exhilarating, and brave as bobsled. Or I certainly would have asked her more questions about it. However, that's not what we're here for. I just thought I'd point that out, because that's pretty cool. At the time of her diagnosis, Catherine was an active member of Canada's national bobsled team. She would retire from the sport shortly thereafter. However, her decision to walk away from the sport wasn't just because she had MS. No, MS, well, I got older. That was a big part of it. Um, I I wasn't going to get to the Olympics. I was close, but I wasn't going to make it. You know, you had your MS diagnosis. And how were you feeling about all that sort of moving forward in your life? Um, well, it's funny. MS actually made me want to continue with bobsleigh, even though I really didn't. Without MS, I would have been happy to walk away, but I wanted to keep going because I wanted to prove that I could. Catherine would go on to pursue a career in engineering, having earned her Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from the University of British Columbia and her Master of Science in Mechanical Engineering from the University of Calgary. Now 36, she feels comfortable living with her diagnosis. I feel I feel fine. I'm not letting it get in my way, really. If anything, it's motivation to do bigger and better things, to be like, yeah, I did. The main challenge in Catherine's journey with MS has been finding the right treatment plan. I've been on like 14 different treatments. I started uh, with Copaxone, I've done beta Ceron, I've done Tysabri, I've done Delenia. I'm now on Ocrimis. The infusion treatment, right? Yeah, I love it. There are many different treatments used to manage multiple sclerosis. Disease-modifying medications for MS generally work by targeting some aspect of the inflammatory process to reduce relapses and slow disease progression. Catherine had to switch her medication multiple times as her medical team wasn't happy with the results on her MRI scans. 
The reason that I switched all the DMTs was because I was showing progression on MRI uh, scan, either having attacks or showing progression on my MRI. So that, from what I understand, is considered a failure of the drugs. So I was at a junction where I, I had a couple of options to choose from. At that point, I had a conversation with my neurologist, and we decided which one we thought would be best during a trying to get pregnant phase. She offered me the counsel that Ocrimus might work quite well. Because of the six-month infusion cycle, I could get my infusion, wait a month or two, then try to get pregnant. And because the half-life is, you know, decays exponentially, the, the levels in your blood are lower in the, in the second half of that six-month cycle. So that would be the optimum time to start getting pregnant. And then, of course, once I was pregnant, we stopped the infusion. Catherine and her husband got married in 2019. Then in January 2020, she gave birth to their first child, a daughter. During her pregnancy, Catherine didn't suffer any attacks or relapses, but fatigue was a concern. It's hard to say. A lot of pregnancy symptoms are similar to MS symptoms, such as fatigue. Right. (laughs) So yes, of course I had fatigue. According to the MS Society, there have been many research studies examining the impact of pregnancy on MS. They all show that pregnancy appears to show a decrease in relapse rates, especially during the third trimester. It's believed that hormone levels play a role in allowing the immune system to be more, say, tolerant. One of my good girlfriends also has an autoimmune disease, and she had expressed that pregnancy was the best she'd ever felt because there were some some immune-suppressive aspects to pregnancy that really gave her a lot of relief from her symptoms. Once her daughter was born, Catherine resumed her MS medication. The treatment plan was something she and her neurologist put in place prior to her pregnancy in terms of how to safely come off her medication and safely go back on postpartum. Some MS medications are unsafe during pregnancy. It's best to speak to your healthcare provider to review your prescriptions. Catherine would like to see more research in the area of pregnancy and MS drugs. And she is participating in studies with the MS Society through CanPreg MS. I'll make sure to put more details about this in the show notes. Because I understand that there's just no data for pregnancy and a lot of MS treatment drugs can't do do these types of studies on pregnant ladies. And so I'm trying to participate in, in retrospective studies where my data can be helpful to other people making a decision. So, of course, there are questions, but just an uncertainty that we manage, right? It's not a deal breaker. It's not a be-all, end-all. And managing uncertainty is just what you do in life for all the things. About a month postpartum, Catherine resumed her MS treatment, Ocrevus. Catherine chose to think positively about the experience. It forced her to slow down her busy life. When I started on Ocrevus, I was working full-time plus working on an MBA. And uh, so Ocrevus was great because I had to go to the hospital for a day for an infusion. And so it was like a little spa day for me. All of a sudden, my go, 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 go life, I had to stop for a day and sit quietly and read a book. So it felt a little like a spa day. It should be noted, not everyone tolerates Ocrevus in the same way. There can be a number of side effects, as listed on the MS Society of Canada's website. 
I can't speak to anybody else's experience, but for me, it's a it's a day where I get to sit quietly, read a book. People bring me tea. Um, it's a little day of, of unplugging and just being calm and quiet uh, in an otherwise hectic life. I don't have any side effects. Maybe I go to bed a little earlier that night. Um, so I, I really love the drug. It really works for me. This particular drug is administered as one 600 milligram intravenous infusion every six months. Catherine's treatments take place at the UBC Hospital Medical Clinic. For her first infusion, since the treatment takes eight hours, it would take some coordination figuring out the day, including how she would breastfeed. The first day for the infusion, because during the infusion they give you a cocktail of steroids and all sorts of other good jazz, I had to not feed her for that day, so I had to have a milk supply to give her bottles for a you know, 36 hours after my infusion to make sure that I had cleared those other elements from the infusion. Catherine has only had one infusion so far since her daughter was born. And on that day, she relied heavily on her husband. So for the first day, she took the day off and he was around the whole day. He took her and, and he took my daughter and they, they had a lovely day at the park and they, you know, had a great time. I had to figure out how to feed her. Um, for a full day without being near her. So that was tough, but we figured it out. I'm hoping by the time the next infusion, uh, first of all, it's not a today problem. That's a later problem. (laughs) I don't have a specific plan yet, but I imagine by then we will have to some extent introduced a little bit of purees into her diet and other solids. So I'm hoping she can have her caloric needs met to some degree without me at that point. And the other thing is, of course, I'll, I'll pump a few extra bags and, and we'll have those in reserve. Moving forward, she and her husband will continue to work together to manage childcare and her treatment schedule. Because it's only once every six months, I have to make arrangements for that day. When living with MS, your future feels very uncertain. It's an unpredictable disease with no cure. There are times you may need help to manage the daily challenges like fatigue or pain. I have a really good support network. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. It's not a today problem. Of course, we've got sort of long-term contingency type plans, but it's not a today problem. Catherine tends to focus more on her present life. What to you sounds like I'm living in the moment is actually my way of triaging the things that I have to deal with. So, when I say it's not a today problem, I w- when I was pregnant, I was, you know, for example, looking for a crib. And I'm like, this is not a September problem. This is a December problem. <laughs> That's good. I guess you keep yourself from being overwhelmed. Yeah. A big part of her staying optimistic about the future is that her MS has been and continues to be manageable. My course of MS hasn't really forced me to change too much. I mean... Some of, of the changes are just natural aging. Like I'm not going <laughs> to push my body the same, you know, to the same degree that I would have 10 years ago. I think I'm pretty lucky. My course of MS seems pretty manageable. I do have relapses once in a while. Um, and I've had neuropathy. I've had, um, I don't know what it's called, but when it's like a bright light shining in your eyeball. Um, I've had some facial twitching. I've had... So I have had other attacks in the past 15 years. I feel that I'm, I'm very lucky to have a course of MS that has allowed me to keep doing the things that I love without stopping me too, too much. So 
it doesn't change who I am or what I want. It's just another thing I have to manage. It's like, I can't leave the house until I've emptied the dishwasher. And that's just another thing that I have to manage. It's another thing on my to-do list. She's grateful she hasn't suffered a disability as a result of her MS. She knows she's fortunate. Nobody around me would know if I didn't tell them that I had MS because I just don't have any visible presenting symptoms. Nobody can see anything. And I'm, you know, I'm not a high-level athlete anymore, but I'm still very active and athletic. And, you know, starting about two months postpartum, I was doing two-hour walks a day. So I'm quite fit and quite active. Like I said, MS is something I manage. It's not something I let change what I do or how I do it. It's a, an extra backpack I have to carry on the hike. It's not going to stop me from going on the hike. Presently, she is not concerned with how her MS may change or make life more challenging for her as a mother. As Catherine would say, that's not a today problem. I'd like to thank my guest, Catherine, for being open about her pregnancy and journey into parenthood while living with MS. Her daughter, Emily, also had a cameo in this episode. Um, no, I don't think I've... Oh, hi there. If this is the first time you've listened to This Is MS, please go back and take the time to check out the other stories I've shared. Do me a favor, tell your friends about This Is MS. I would love it if you gave our show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This Is MS is written and produced by me. Audio editing and sound design is by Rob Johnston. If you have a question about one of the episodes, you can contact me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Team Dunner. This is MS, created with support from the MS Society of Canada. A proud presentation of the Curious Cast Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.